Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. We are back today with Ken Ham from Answers in Genesis and Abinella. And we're having a great conversation. At the end of our um, conversation on Monday, we were talking about children walking away from the church and how often uh, many, many kids aren't even going to church today. Um, Ken, you wrote a book many years ago, and actually I know there's a video out about it as well called Already Gone. And I would love for you to talk just briefly about this and why why is it that our kids are walking away from the church? And then what can we as parents do about that? Well, that book was actually published in 2009. And what happened was this, that there was research being published by George Barner, who's a Christian researcher in America, and also Lifeway and others. But for many, many years now, we have known that we're losing the younger generations from the church. Mm -hmm. And the research they did showed that about two thirds of young people were walking away from the church by college age, and then very few were returning. And so what we thought we'd do is, well, let's go out and try to find those people that have left the church, those millennials that left the church and ask them why they left the church, what happened. And so we actually hired a behavioral research group, America's research group, uh, to go out there and find these millennials and then ask them those questions. And so they did that. And when we compiled all the research together, it was fascinating because, you know, I first came over speaking in America in churches in the 80s. And even back then in the early 80s, I was saying to people in the church, we're losing the younger generations from the church. Yeah. And my own experience uh, was that because of what they were being taught in the secular schools and from the media about evolution, millions of years being very secularized, and they had all this uh, information given to them that contradicted the Bible, uh, that was causing them to doubt God's word. Because I had all these young people coming to me and asking me questions, and I knew the sorts of questions they were asking. And I said, if we don't teach them how to defend the faith against the attacks of our age, which is what my father did for us right. uh, growing up, uh, then we're going to continue to lose them. Well, it's interesting. When we did the actual research, uh, what we found out was this. Because of what they were being taught at school, or heard through the media, it was causing them to doubt God's word. And they thought you couldn't trust the Bible. And there were a couple mm -hmm. of um, interesting things. One was when they asked their Sunday school teachers or asked their parents or asked their pastors uh, about these issues, many times they were told, well, I'm not a scientist. I don't know, you know, about evolution or dinosaurs or carbon dating or whatever it was. Uh, and they were told, don't worry about that. Just trust in Jesus. And so the fact that they weren't given answers right. and weren't taught how to understand these things was a big negative and caused problems for them. You know, some people think, oh, so what? You know, don't worry about that. Just tell them about the gospel. Well, the reason to worry about that is because the whole gospel message is founded in a Genesis in God's mm -hmm. word. 
And if they think God's word is not true, why are they going to listen to the gospel? Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the sorts of uh, questions that to them were big issues were, well, how can you believe in a loving God with all the death and suffering in the world? That's a big issue to yep. those younger generations. And mm -hmm. the problem is, for many of us, we haven't taught that correctly, and many pastors haven't. In fact, many Christian leaders and many parents have compromised with evolution or millions of years or say it doesn't matter. Actually, if you believe in millions of years, then all the death and suffering we see today has gone on for millions of years. Mm. That, that means it's God's fault. Right. And so, you know, when, you, when our kids read a book that says God made this beautiful world we live in, they look out there and see an ugly world. And so to them, well, if God made this ugly world with all the death and disease and so on, he can't be a loving God. And the atheists capture them uh, mm -hmm. by saying, see, your parents, your church taught you uh, that there's a loving God, but look at this ugly world. There can't be a loving God. And mm -hmm. so what the research showed, you know, they brought up issues like science and uh, how Noah could get the animals on the ark and, well, how can you believe in, in God? Where did God come from? In other words, what it showed us is they weren't being taught apologetics. They weren't being taught to defend their faith. And if we're honest, in most churches, they're not teaching apologetics, and they're not teaching even general Bible apologetics. Where did the Bible come from? How do you know the Bible's true? You know, at the Creation Museum, one of the big exhibits you walk through to start with before you get into the, the, the main exhibit, which is really a whole walk through the Bible, uh, we have an exhibit on where the Bible came from, why those books of the Bible, how it all came together, because... Most churches don't even teach that. Right. So what this research found was they weren't being taught how to defend their faith, and because of what they were being taught in the secular world, it was undermining the Word of God and causing them to doubt and not believe the Word of God, and they were walking away from the church. And right. that really uh, caused us to, to you know, make sure we wrote all that down in a, in a book uh, called Already Gone, which mm -hmm. you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And many pastors and parents and others have realized they had to totally change the way they were teaching their children and make sure that we were giving them the right foundation with the right worldview and equipping them and not just throw them out to the world. We mm -hmm. had to prepare them for this world they were living in or uh, they would end up on the wrong foundation and walk away. Right. Yeah, that that is so good. And I think because our audience are homeschool parents, most of us already realize the, the school system is corrupt. It's teaching it, it, foundationally. When I was a kid, the big lie and, and even my parents was um, evolution. So when you basically say from the very beginning, the very foundation is we weren't created on purpose for a purpose. We weren't even created. We were accidental. And we see how after a few generations that's led to, well, we might as well just kill life. Like life doesn't shouldn't even have a chance to stand with the abortion issue or some life has more value over others with this whole critical race. And then, you know, I wasn't even created a woman. I can just choose. And, and we've seen in that system, that corrupt system, because they aren't founding anything that they're doing on God's word. We know it's corrupt. But then what we see is we see people, like you said, that say, well, they'll get it at church, you know, and churches need to teach apologetics to to give our kids that. But we know one hour a week, hey, they can throw in Awanas for another hour a week if they want. And then those kids can even go to youth group and get three to four hours a week. That isn't going to stand. That is not going to give our kids a foundation. And that's why we see these generations being lost. Because like you said, a lot of these, these are church kids. These are kids that were in church and youth group and Awanas and whatever else. And they're walking away. But I want you to talk to the homeschool parent, because you, 
you had you'd said a lot of things when I heard you speak recently that really convicted me as a homeschool mom and and to encourage other homeschool moms to say it's not enough to pull our kids out of the corruption. It's not enough to just make sure our kids aren't exposed to the lies. We have to ensure that they are taught the truth, that they're being prepared for the questions that come. Um, because right now, you know, they may know God's word, but can they defend it? And I feel like you, you're kind of like the the master of of this in in the Christian community is teaching our kids not just to know God's word, but to really know it enough to defend it. And right now we're dealing with racism, abortion, marriage. I mean, all of it. And and you have made a statement that said every one of the current cultural issues that we're going through points back to Genesis. And and you talked a lot on that. And it just it blew my mind that, you know, I don't need to oral to, to argue with people morally or politically or ethically. It's all right there in Genesis is, you know, your your foundational. Um, so Ken, talk to the homeschool mom and encourage these moms. It's not enough to pull them away from the lies. We have to teach our kids the truth and how to defend that truth. And then one other thing you said that I wrote down and I, I have hanging is all issues in this world have the same problem which is there's no authority in God's word. And at the same time, that means they all have the same solution. And we need to be teaching our kids how to, to stand and defend on that. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts. And we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. So talk to the homeschool mom now. Well, first of all, um, just to comment on one thing you said there, you know, it's not enough just to pull your kids out of the, you know, the secular world and so on. And can I say this, that, um, and this is just a little aside. Uh, for me, it's the wrong motivation to say, uh, the reason I'm homeschooling my kids, I want to pull them out of the bad system. Right. To me, the right motivation should be, if I truly understand that God's word is not just a guidebook, it's not yes. just a book of spiritual things, moral things and relationships. The Bible is a revelation from God who's revealed to us the key events of history. That's the foundation for our worldview. And one of the things I, I, I emphasize to people is that if we truly understand what it means to educate our children, to give them a Christian education, it's not just to pull them out of a bad system. It's mm -hmm. the fact that we want to give them the right foundation with okay. the right worldview. Amen. And ultimately, there are only two foundations for our worldview. See, for many people, I, I don't think they think through what is worldview. There's a lot of research mm -hmm. done to show that most people don't have a truly biblical worldview, even in our churches. A worldview is the way you think that explains the world. And where does it come from? Does it come out of the atmosphere? I mean, where do you drag it from? Your worldview either starts from God's word or man's word. Right. Mm -hmm. And what you're referring to then was what I was saying is that the first 11 chapters of the Bible, Genesis mm -hmm. 1 to 11, which involves uh, going through a perfect creation that was marred by sin, death as a consequence, the promise of the Savior, the setup of the sacrificial system when God made coats of skins for Adam and Eve, uh, which is the origin of clothing, 
and then the flood of Noah's day and fossils all over the earth, and then the Tower of Babel, that's the geological, biological, astronomical, anthropological history that's foundational to everything, everything. Yep. Yep. And see, if we, if we understand this, um, the, it, when you look at Genesis 1 to 11, every single biblical doctrine of theology, directly or indirectly, is founded in Genesis 1 to 11. It gives us an account of the origin of all the basic entities of life and the universe. And so as you start to list them off, you know, where's the origin of marriage? Genesis 1 mm -hmm. to 11. Where does the origin of sin? Genesis 1 to 11. Death? Genesis 1 to 11. Why did Jesus die on a cross? Genesis 1 to 11. Why is he the last Adam? Genesis 1 to 11. Mm -hmm. The origin of clothes? Genesis 1 to 11. Uh, the seven-day week? Genesis 1 to 11. Why does man have dominion? See, there's even a whole uh, Christian worldview of environmental issues that's founded in Genesis 1 right. to 11. Right, right. Why does man work? Somebody should tell the government this. There's a doctrine <laughs> of work that comes from the Bible. We were to work before sin and work even yeah. harder now right. after sin. You know, you earn yes. your food and the sweat of your brow and so on. See, what we should be doing is understanding this as well. And that, you know, I talk sometimes to homeschoolers who say, oh, we study Bible from, you know, 9 to, to 10 <laughs> yeah. Sundays to <laughs> Fridays. Well, no, it shouldn't be like that. Your right. Bible is the foundation for everything. Absolutely. Now, you know, you might specifically mean you have specific study of certain chapters in the Bible or whatever from 9 right. to 10, but don't, don't say that that's when you study the Bible right. because if you want to have uh, the right worldview in regard to, say, the racism issue and mm -hmm. critical race theory. Right. See, even, even people looking at, you know, how do we deal with critical race theory? Wait a minute. If you truly understand worldview, mm -hmm. you would say, okay, there's only two foundations for our worldview, God's word or man's word. Mm -hmm. Does critical race theory, is that founded in God's word? And the answer is no. It's, its foundation is man's word. Right there, right. you can say it's it's going to be wrong. Right totally. there, you can say the worldview is going to be the wrong worldview. And, right. of course, you know, you can, you can test that. W what does Scripture say about how we should look at people? Well, God gives us the instruction of looking at people in regard to their inside, their right. spiritual mm -hmm. state. What does critical race theory teach? You judge them by their outside. Right. And that's the opposite of what God says, for instance, in 1 Samuel 16, when he said to Samuel, you know, you don't look at David's brother on the outside. He's not going to be the king. Uh, you know, I look on the inside. Right. And right. so, it, it, you know, when it comes to issues of death and suffering, you know, you a lot of children's books, even some of the homeschool curricula, Bible yeah. curricula, you open them up and they'll say, children, look at this beautiful world God made. <laughs> well, wait a minute. They look out there and it's an ugly world. It's not a beautiful right. world. Right. If we had taught them from Genesis 1 to 11, they would know it was once all beautiful. It was very good. Now, because of right. sin, there's the judgment of death. Now, what does it say in the New Testament? It's a groaning world because of our sin. So that death and suffering out there is our fault because we sinned against God. Right, That's right. why he sent his son to save us from what we did. Uh, so, you know, all, all those issues, when you start from Genesis, even, even things like this, um, how many times do I find books that say, um, you know, look at the poodle, God made the poodle. <laughs> well, you know, or, or, or God made the snowshoe rabbit so it would survive in the snow. The trouble is, and the secularists get hold of them and they say, hey, mm -hmm. um, you know, we bred these dogs in the last few hundred years. God didn't make them. And not only that, we've seen different species form in the last, 
you know, a few hundred years too. Um, so how can you say God made these animals? Now, mm -hmm. if we taught them correctly, starting from the Bible, God made the original kinds and the land animal kinds got on board Noah's Ark and came off the Ark and produced many species within a kind after the flood. And we even through artificial selection have bred many different breeds of dogs and cats and so on. But when they understand that God didn't actually make this world as we see it today, right. but God made a world that has gone through events in history. Uh, and, and those events are recorded in Genesis 1 to 11 in particular. And then when, when, if you've been taught the correct way, then we start to understand, okay, if we're going to deal with uh, gender, where's the origin of gender? Well, it's in Genesis. God made male and female. Hmm. The origin of marriage. Well, God made Adam and Eve the first marriage, and that's the basis of the family right there. Clothing. God made clothes in Genesis. See, that's the foundation for everything. Yeah. And like right. you were saying before, when people then look at all these issues out there, you say, Okay, today we've got issues like abortion and we've got the gender issues, LGBT, you know, gay marriage, the racism issue, euthanasia issues, pedophilia mm -hmm. issues, all these issues. And a lot of Christians, because they don't understand worldview, and this is where we need to be training our children correctly, look at all mm -hmm. those and say, look at all the problems we have to deal with here. But no, they're all symptoms right. mm -hmm. of the one problem, which is exactly. you start from man's word. Right. Now, if right. you've taught your children to start from God's word, then they also start to realize the battle at the worldview level, mm -hmm. right, is because we've got this foundational difference down here. Right. Mm -hmm. So then if you're going to equip them to be able to defend the Christian faith and to challenge non-Christians, you've got to equip them to learn how to ask the right questions mm -hmm. so they're not arguing up at this worldview level because that's when you imagine you've got a, a Christian here saying, well, gay marriage is wrong, it's sin. And over here, the non-Christian is saying that's hate speech right. mm -hmm. because there's a conflict up here. Right. What you've got to do is say, because I start from God's word, I have mm -hmm. this worldview. And when they say that I believe in God's word, well, then learn to ask the right question to get the battle down to why don't you believe in God's word? Because if, if you don't deal with the battle down here, you can't deal with it up here. Right. right. And if we don't raise up generations with the right foundation, Amen. with answers to know why they believe what they do, what Amen. they believe. And then when you look out at the world and look at a non-Christian, you realize they have all these different beliefs and all this moral relativism you see out there mm -hmm. because they're starting from man's word. So mm -hmm. I have to make sure that I deal with that foundation if right. I'm going to witness to them. I mean, right. it makes a big difference when you truly understand biblical worldview. That's what yeah. homeschoolers should be doing. And yeah. it's one yeah. of the reasons we produce a lot of curricula and a lot of books and a lot of material to help them do this. And if I can just say this, just as a practical example, for instance, we have now produced our homeschool edition yep. of uh, ANSWERS Bible Curriculum. Now, ANSWERS Bible Curriculum is a four-year Sunday school curriculum that we produce for churches because a lot of churches have curricula that I would say is fluff and stuff. It's shallow. It teaches Bible stories, if you know what I mean. Right. Even the word story we shouldn't be using today because the word story has come to mean fairy tale or fiction. Right. And we, we need to be using terms like historical record and account to emphasize mm. the Bible's a book of history. And so... For our Sunday school curriculum, we recognize a lot of churches weren't teaching apologetics 
they they weren't dealing with Christian worldview. It was just teaching, if you like, Bible stories from the Bible within the Bible. So we produced this four-year curriculum, kindergarten through adult, totally synchronized. That's apologetics, biblical authority, chronological worldview doctrine, very meaty, and it's revolutionizing churches. Mm-hmm. Well. It, it, it's so powerful that we've now taken that and turned it also into a homeschool curriculum as well. So we have our Answers Bible curriculum for homeschool. And it parents are telling us they've never seen anything like it once they start to use it because it is unique in, in the fact that, you know, we're dealing with biblical authority yep. um, and apologetics, uh, chronological going through scripture, but worldview. And so we're equipping young people and everything everything in the whole bible ultimately relates back to the first 11 chapters of the bible if you start to understand that it just opens it all up and then you know uh you know how to deal with issues so very important to have that right foundation yeah absolutely i love that you have that new curriculum i actually have it and um it you have done such a fantastic job and you actually um answers in genesis has several uh, pieces of, of homeschool curriculum, not just Bible curriculum. You've got science, you've got, um, I, I know we've used the science before in the past. I'm not exactly sure what yeah, I know. You have a whole in, slew of curriculum. God's design in science. Right. Now there's other curricula out there as as well. I mean, we don't want to duplicate what others are doing really well, sure. like BJU Press and so on. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we're, we're currently writing uh, curricula, you know, a total worldview curricula yeah. for middle school and high school as wow. well. And so, you know, a lot of things down the road that are coming. Yeah. Um, but um, we also, you know, our streaming platform, Answers.tv, mm-hmm. one of the things we do, we have 4,500 videos on there, different wow. programs for all ages and lectures and conferences and so on. But we do uh, science labs here at the Creation Museum and at the Ark at our new lab that's being built there. And we film those. And so, you, you know, most homes don't have a science lab in the basement. Right. <laughs> and so how do you do these experiments? Well, from our answers.tv streaming service, you can actually watch one of our experts do these experiments in the lab and teach from a biblical worldview. And, and it's the same for animal programs. We have animal programs there as well by our zoo presenters. And our zoo presenters, you know, they were always very careful. For instance, think about this. A number of times you'll pick up a book about animals and it'll say, now this animal is designed with these claws so it can rip up this animal and, and use this for food and so on. Whereas the way we would teach would be now in a fallen world, hmm. uh, you know, the design features that this animal has, they use it in a fallen world and God even allowed them to have these features in a fallen world to survive in right. a world where there's death and suffering, but before sin, they didn't use it this way. Right. You know, before sin, all the animals were vegetarian, for instance. Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 30 yeah. tells us that very clearly. You know, we even as humans weren't told to eat meat until after the flood. But a lot of times you'll see in a lot of the books for, for kids, there are all these design features for ripping up other animals and eating animals mm-hmm. and got sharp teeth for eating this animal. And kids get the idea that's how God made them. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. we've got to teach them correctly that God made them to eat plants, mm-hmm. but in a fallen world, they use the same sorts of features to to eat animals now. Right. But it wasn't like that originally. Death is an enemy. See how important it is to teach right. worldview. Absolutely. Right. I, Absolutely. I think too. What I think so many parents are afraid. Like you, you go into some of these questions, and 
And it, and I think we have kids that turn into teenagers that are skeptics because they've asked these questions and parents are terrified that I don't know the answer to that. So I'm just going to draw a picture of a baby in a manger because that's really easy and it feels good, right? It's just those, those little, let's keep it simple. But I think what Answers in Genesis has done, like for me, because I have a son that he's going to ask those questions, those really hard questions that I know he's either going to make or break his faith, that it, he's looking, does God have an answer? And I am constantly like, let's go to answers. Let's go to the word of God, obviously. Yep. And and Answers in Genesis in their curriculum, in their books has done such a great job of making me less afraid of the really, really hard questions yeah. because I know the answers are in God's word. And and like you said, it's it's a worldview. If I know that the Bible is true, then everything I need for life and godliness, all the answers that I need are going to be in there. The answers of today, the answers of yesterday, and the answers that are, you know, the questions that are coming. Yeah. Um, so you guys have done an incredible job to take some of that, that initial fear that maybe the average mom has of, I don't know how to answer that, you know, and, and shown us the answers in the word of God, you know, and the other thing that I just want to encourage parents is you can't build two foundations. You can't teach two worldviews and expect your kid to be able to stand solid on either one of them. And that's why we have a generation of woke Christian kids is they've built one foundation over here with man's word. And then they go to church Sunday or at home in the evenings and they're getting another. And it just, it's not how God designed it to be. We are to teach everything through a biblical worldview. And Ken, you guys have done an unbelievable job of giving resources for parents to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, you said something there that I think is very important. And I totally agree with you. A lot of parents are intimidated. I mean, let's face it. They're not necessarily a physicist or a geologist or a biologist right. or a forensic scientist. And and for a lot of time, people, people are trying to figure out how do we deal with dinosaurs? How do we deal <laughs> with fossils? How do we deal with racism? How do we deal with this issue or with that issue? But here's the key. Once you understand that we start from God's word to build your worldview, you know, even if you don't have a specific answer at the time, you can give a general worldview answer, right? Right. right. Uh, and then you can do some research, like go to right. AnswersInGenesis.org or get some of our books right. and so on. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of answers there to give you uh, answers to, to those particular things. And it's, um, you know, for instance, when I, um, when I was at school, uh, we were taught the appendix didn't have a function. It was left over from our evolutionary ancestry. Um, mm. And so, you know, it didn't have a function. And, you know, this was proof of evolution. Well, wait a minute. If, you, if you're thinking from God's word, you'll say, wait a minute, God, God designed us. So there must be a function. And then my father always taught me to remember God knows everything. We know hardly anything compared right. to what God knows. <laughs> so how much about the appendix do I not know? How much do oh, the yeah. scientists not know? There's going to be a design function. Yeah. Even if I don't know what that is, they're going to find it in the future. Or it might have had a function. Sometimes there's little things in our body that had functions when we were developing in our mother's womb and used for a specific function. But see, if, if you start from the right foundation, it makes a big difference. Right. And yeah. you, you can start to come up with some general answers, even if you don't have specific answers. Right. I love that you totally. say that because I think as parents, sometimes we feel like we have to have all mm -hmm. of the perfect answers for our kids. And I have often thought about how glorious it's going to be to one day come face to face with our creator and go, oh, 
oh, that's yeah. what that was for. Or, oh, that's what you meant when you said in your word, this, this, or this. Um, and, you know, I think that all goes back to faith. If we knew mm-hmm. and understood everything, we wouldn't have to have faith, right? I mean, faith is really believing yep. and understanding what we don't truly understand, but trusting that God is sovereign in all of it. And, you know, when you talk about faith, and that's a real important issue too, because for a lot of Christians, I've met young people um, and even some homeschoolers that have said, oh, yeah, Christians have a blind faith. We just have a blind faith. But it's not a blind faith. It's the atheists have a blind faith. Right. Yeah. Because Christians have a faith that makes sense of the world yes. and what we see, and science confirms it. But there's always a faith aspect because we are finite beings yep, created yep. in time. We don't know everything. We haven't always been there. So there's always going to be a faith aspect. Our scripture says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's right. But it is not a blind faith. It's an objective faith yeah. that makes sense uh, of what we see. And that's the difference. Amen. Well, we are out of time for this episode. We will be back tomorrow because there's more I want to talk about. I want to actually talk tomorrow about the seven seas of history. Um, that is an incredible part of the Creation Museum that um, it kind of walks you through. Um, so Ken, if you're okay with coming back tomorrow, let's finish talking about oh. that. Hey, uh, but can I just say real quick, did everybody know that this guy, Ken Ham, is in an upcoming movie called Schoolhouse Rock? <laughs> Like, I just feel like we should say that. So if you can't get enough of what we're talking about, Ken Ham happens to be here because he's in the cast of this incredible movie that by the time you listen to this, you already better be popping your popcorn because it's right around the corner called Schoolhouse Rock. (laughs) Thank you for the plug, Abby. (laughs) Yes, this is part of our Meet the Cast lineup. Um, We are so honored to have Ken as part of the cast of Schoolhouse Rocked. So um, thank you again. We'll have details for the movie in the show notes as well. Um, We will see you guys back here tomorrow. Have a great rest of your afternoon. Talk to you then. Bye. Every year, parents just like you are discovering Classical Conversations, a vibrant, supportive Christian homeschooling program that's been equipping parents since 1997 with the resources, tools, guidance, and encouragement they need to homeschool their children with confidence and prepare them for a lifetime of success. Visit our website at classicalconversations.com to find a nearby community and learn more about homeschooling the Classical Conversations way. Classical Conversations, Christian homeschooling simplified.